I'm trying to get you guys some. He's trying to bring so much damn value to you guys. You should respect Jared. You should follow him wherever he's at. You should subscribe to all. If you're listening to this and you haven't subscribed, you got to be like, man, this dude, he is is one of the people. He is out for us. He is trying to bring the value. What is happening, people? You are listening to the Digital Foundry Podcast. Our guest today is Buck Wise. Buck is the CMO, Chief Marketing Officer at Cardone Ventures. Welcome the man, the myth, the legend, Buck Wise. What's I'm working happening? on it, Jared. I'm working on it. I'm not Fair quite enough. legend status yet. I think Grant Cardone's a little bit closer than me. Brandon Dawson, definitely at the legend status. But, okay. but me, I'm just a work in progress, man. But I'm good. Thanks for having me on, man. I really do appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. So, so I feel like our stories line up very closely. And what I mean by that is like, I started out in radio, made my way to actually broadcast TV on the, nice. on the digital side. But talk about that switch, because I think that answer may surprise some people. I thought you were going to say we have similar backgrounds because you are a middle child and starved for attention too. So. <laughs> the only, I've got the only child syndrome. So Okay, close enough. Close, close enough. enough. Yeah, yeah. I, that's why I started in broadcast. I like to joke that that's how, how I found television and radio because I was a middle child. So I was always starved for attention and I just wanted to get as much attention as possible. Um, I was attracted to the lens, to the microphone at a very young age. I really thought of myself as like a creator before the word creator was used in the industry. Cool. I was like, I like content. I really like constructing it. I like putting it together. I like understanding human beings and what drives them. I liked the emotion. I like to upset someone. I like to make someone laugh. I like to, I like to make someone cry because they got emotional about a story you know, um, I liked raw authenticity. And so I was like, I want to tell stories. Where's the best place for me to do that? Yeah. So that's how I found radio. You know, I got into, I got into radio at a very young age, 16 years old. Um, I was in Tampa, Florida at iHeart, which then was called clear channel. So just to date myself a little bit, Um, but yeah, I quickly moved from radio to TV and I started, you know, I I really was mastering the medium of traditional broadcast, which, so I was learning, like, how do you build an audience? How do you make a community from that audience? One that respects you and continues to show up because they feel like they resonate with you and they, they, there's something that clicks. It's really, actually, it's really hard to do that through a lens It's hard to do that through a mic. Like there's a structure and a technique to do that. So I spent years mastering that, figuring out how do I make it feel like when I'm talking to you right now, anyone who's watching this particular podcast or listening to this podcast, how do I make it feel like you're actually sitting right next to me and we're having a very typical conversation that you would have with me at a restaurant? And so I I mastered that. And that was the first piece of my career. Um, What I didn't master, Jared, and what you're alluding to is when I made a segue out of broadcast into agency life, from agency life into owning my own corporation, what I didn't have mastered was strategy, like business strategy, understanding technique, 
you know, understanding what drove a business. If I knew what I knew today, back when I was doing radio and television, I'd be, I'd be talking to a lot more business owners. I'd be driving a lot more private personal endorsements and, yeah. and, and ads. And so, um, you know, I was sort of forced into it because in, uh, you know, and I don't want to bore anyone that's listening to this, but, you know, anyone can remember when traditional started losing revenue annually and digital started gaining revenue, all the MySpaces and Facebooks and how do we monetize these digital platforms? It started with like banner ads and Yahoo and the, the tumblers of the world. They were all starting to make money, you know? Um, and so it was in that convergence that I realized there was an opportunity to bridge the gap between traditional and digital. And so that's exactly what I did. I started my own radio and television show, but I also on the side, I started a small agency. And that small agency started working with some pretty notable brands. Uh, the first one was the Detroit Tigers, Major League Baseball. You know, they were a part of something called BAM, Baseball Advanced Media. Yeah, this was, do you know what Baseball Advanced Media is? Yeah, I worked uh, minor league baseball uh, for the St. Louis Cardinals for quite some time. So, yeah. Nice. So, you know that space. You know that yeah. world. Uh, Tigers were a 122-year-old brand. And the Major League Baseball created an umbrella group over all of the teams called BAM. And BAM's job was, like, to help them with digital. They weren't that helpful. They were more about rights and they were more about like distribution and they weren't really like there to give you a strategy per se. They would give you some assets. They give you, you know, they give you some small clips and things that you could use, but they weren't really like setting up data and trying to extrapolate the information to drive more engagement, drive more ticket sales, drive more, you know, they weren't on the micro level, they weren't focused on. So I wrote the Detroit Tigers first digital strategy. That's, um, that's cool. Yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty interesting for me. Now I was bootstrapping a lot of this strategy because I knew what I knew from experience because I was an experimenter. I like to just, you know, Grant Cardone talks about this a lot. He likes to go into a platform. He, you know, go all in, figure the rest out later. That's his whole philosophy. And that was sort of what I was doing um, is I would, I would take a platform and I would exhaust every Avenue. I would explore every single feature. I would want to understand what the same way I'd figure out a lens or a microphone, I wanted to see what motivated people in the digital ecosystem and how was that different. So I was one of those hackers, like early hackers that just wanted to experiment. And that was more than most brands had ever done. So they're like, this guy knows what he's doing. So I was like, I was like, you know, I, I was I was faking it till I made it because it didn't exist. There was no such thing as a social media director. There was no such thing as like these roles didn't exist. So I was I was bridging the gap between digital and traditional for a lot of these brands. I was working for the North American International Auto Show, Valvoline Oil, Imagine Theaters. And um, what I really learned there, Jared, was not building the strategy, but building a business. Because now I had to figure out how to pay taxes. I had to figure out how to hire my first employee, how to fire my first employee. So I was going through the experience that every small business owner goes through. It's like how do you keep this machine running and how do you scale it and make a life, like make a livelihood out of it, you know? Absolutely. So yeah, that was, that was sort of the first merge for me. I was straddling between yeah. traditional and digital. I had an agency, but I was still doing TV and radio. Like I was a personality and I was like, I got to make a move here. I cannot like, you know, you cannot Brandon right. Dawson, my CEO at Cardone Ventures, 
If you don't know Brandon Dawson, he sold his last company for 151 million, 77 times EBITDA. And, 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 and so he's just a business master. He's a mindset master. He's a business. He's got systems and processes and ecosystems and structures and learning education. The experience he has is just unreal. Um, you know, 25 years of corporate experience. I've learned more in two years from Brandon Dawson than anything I ever learned for 20 years. Yeah. So, you know, he often says you have to make the main thing, the main thing and go all in on the main thing. And so here I was with my own digital agency working in television and radio. And I'm just like, I thought I was like Seacrest Productions, you know, I'm going to be the guy that does it all, you know? Yeah. And, um, and I knew I needed to make a choice. Brandon often refers to Maxwell. If you know, John Maxwell, he's got a book, 21 irrefutable laws of business. One of those laws is law of the lid. You can only go as high as the lid allows, right? So you can only hire as, as, as high as the lid goes Nobody with a higher lid wants to work someone with someone with a lower lid, right? And so my lid was only as high as a Midwest Major League Baseball team, a couple of Valvoline oil chains and some some Midwest theaters. I knew I needed some bigger experience. Right. So I worked for about six months and finally made the decision. I was I was like, you know, what should I do here? Should I go all in on digital or should I stay on the talent side? Well, if you know anything about traditional, the talent side was the first to go when traditional felt the pain. They were like, how do we how do we saturate talent across the country, which obviously is an effective hindsight. I'm sure they're, you know, they're upset that they did it that way. But that was it was chicken and the egg. You know, do we lower rates, you know, or do we fire talent? And uh, and so for me. The, the obvious growth pattern and where I saw the world moving was digital. So I worked for about six months. I quit everything cold turkey. I sold my agency to my partner. I quit the television and radio business. And I literally moved back in with my wife's parents. We had just gotten married. We were just a few years into our, our you know, newlywed marriage. And, I, and she got an opportunity to go back to Portland, Oregon and do corporate real estate for Nike. And I said, that's a brand I need to learn from. That's a brand I need to learn from. So she kind of had an inside foot at Nike. She knew people. She kind of knew what they were looking for and hiring for. So she was feeding me data of like, look, if you want to meet the right guy, this is like the head of digital. His name's Musa Tariq. You need to know him. So I'm like, give me his email address. And so I'm this kid with an agency and TV and radio experience. And I'm like, banging on his inbox trying to get a coffee he's like who is this he has no experience in corporate digital marketing he owned a digital agency but like you know he was trying to figure out like what is this guy doing what does he want yeah and i put together some campaigns where i literally targeted the executives at nike i finally got my foot in the door and started talking to uh, a couple of the leaders there and um, they introduced me to their main agency. At this point, Nike was not doing in-house digital, just the stakeholders were there and project managers, but most of the work, the strategy was being done by agencies. So Musa, who was in charge of Nike running, Nike golf, Nike women, Nike fuel band on the digital side, he introduced me to an agency and said, I don't really know what this guy does, but like, I think he just needs to be on the team. Like you just need to hire him. How cool and let's, is that? It's, it's, I'll tell you, it's uh, looking back hindsight. 
it's a serendipitous moment because they don't hire people without expertise in one particular area. You are an SEO expert. You are hired. I need SEO support. You are a, you know, funnel strategist. You are like a paid media strategist. Like you are hired. And I was like this, I ran an agency. I know design. I know video content. I know content creation. I know social media strategy i know and he was like what is the one thing that like out of all those things so he sort of mentored me on the fact that i need to just hone in on my thing so this is back to the point of strategy i knew i knew strategy i just maybe didn't know the like corporate terminology acronyms like they use a lot of big fancy marketing words but i knew it i knew people right i knew what resonated with people that's that's what you need to know absolutely that was it that was it. And so I said, I know I have the confidence I can do this. I just need to learn all the, you know, the BS corporate stuff that goes around and all the process behind it. You're working with much bigger teams, lots of people. It's like, it's different than running a little agency. Now you've got a lot of cooks in a kitchen and you've got approvals and budgets are approved different ways and processes. So I worked my way up to the lead strategist on Nike running. I was, I was managing Nike running. I was on campus um, from there, the agency started to leverage me in other positions and brands. I started working on Starbucks, um, Starbucks Via, Frappuccino, Pumpkin Spice. Google brought me in on some very secretive technology innovation betas. I started working out of New York in the Chelsea Market Google office on some, you know, innovative immersive ads with Adidas. And, you know, I just, I, I, my law of the lid, my lid was just exploding. My lid exploded. But I was still missing something really important, Jared. Yeah, I, was, I had the people side, like I understood the content community thing. Uh, now I've got the strategy side. Like I understand the strategy. I understand the corporate ecosystem. I know small business because I worked in the Midwest. I know big business. I worked corporate. What I was really missing though, and this moved me into my last role when I was on the agency side, they moved me into SVP of brand partnerships and strategy for the okay. world's largest agency. They're called Wonderman Thompson. And there's 40,000 employees in this agency. And Wonderman Thompson's biggest attribute, you know, Wonderman was really a direct-to-consumer leader in the agency space. And what they knew more than anything, and they still do today, is data. They understand third-party data. They understand that personalized data. They understand how it correlates into success. So. Truly, Jared, and I'll stop there because I answered your first question for about 20 minutes now. Hey, but I wanted to give you a background. I wanted to give you a background. I get it. What I learned was data mm-hmm. informs strategy. Absolutely. Strategy informs campaigns and creative. Mm-hmm. So my career was very much built backwards because I was like creative, campaign, strategy, then data. But I have all of those expertise at this point. I understand how they move. And what I really learned is that most business owners in the first few breakpoints of their business in the one to two to five to 10 million range are so focused on the tactical execution of creativity in their campaigns. Yeah. And they're never focused on the data and what the data tells you should be the strategy that would inform the creative execution. We're so hungry for shiny objects, Facebook ad, true story, TV commercial, radio spot. Like, no, 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 no. Backup, data, strategy, then creative. 
you know? And so that's what I do now is now fast forward. Brandon Dawson meets me on a, on an interview. I was doing a syndicated radio show with intercom radio. And uh, while I was working for the world's largest agency, again, I was split between multiple jobs and Brandon was like, dude, what's the most, this is his famous question. He asks anybody, what's the most amount of money you've ever made? And can you tell me how you did it? And most likely he's made more and he knows how to do it. So I've very, Grant Cardone might be the only person he's met that made more and knows how to do it. And those guys share their tips and secrets with each other all the time. But, but he said, if I could show you how to make more than what you're doing, would you want to come on an opportunity and join me? And he said, the difference is you have to make the main thing, the main thing and quit everything, radio shows, agency, board member of a medical company, a VR company. And I was like, done. He didn't, you know, that just shows you Brandon's ability to inspire and be an amazing leader. He didn't even have an office yet. He had just started. And yet here I was doing well over six figures. And I said, all right, babe, I got, we had two kids at the time. My third was on the way. And I said, we're going to just drop, we're going to sell the house, drop everything, go all in on this idea with this guy who I just met four months ago, three months ago on a radio interview. She, yeah, and yeah. she was, and so this, I was 10 X before I knew what 10 X was, I love you know, that. I was like, and, and so I don't know how many of your listeners or viewers know Grant Cardone or the 10 X network, but you should buy the book. Yeah. You should buy his 10 X book. Okay. This is a fantastic book. If you've never read it before, it's called the 10 X rule. If you haven't read it, it'll change your life. Um, Grant Cardone is a mindset master and um, what I've loved about being in as the CMO of Cardone Ventures and helping business owners around the country is that all the successes and failures that have happened, Jared, in your life or anyone that's listening, your life right now or my life, think of those successes. Think of those failures. Now, imagine if you could put a box around why you succeeded or why you failed. Imagine if you could define the processes and steps that created the big, great moments in your life or the horrid moments in your life. Now imagine if you knew that, how you could stop doing the ones that were not great and create more of the ones that were great. And that's really what 10X has taught me. You know, 10X has taught me how to define the reason you fail. Yeah. You know? So for me, the reason, the number one reason Grant says that anyone fails is their level of dedication and action to that project, to that, whatever that is, you know? And so now I think back and I'm like, oh, that thing never really worked out. It was my level of dedication. Yeah. My level of dedication is the reason, you know, it's like, it's so true. So I take massive action on the things that are most important to me. And, uh, and, and right now, the most important thing to me, my purpose is helping small to medium-sized businesses right. uh, scale and grow their business because I remember growing a business and having no freaking clue what I was doing. And so now I, I love nothing more than saying, hey, you've got something great that you're building. Let me add some fuel to it so that we can set up a structure to create more success for you. So we were talking strategy just a minute ago. So I think this is, and because it's so important, can you talk a little bit about the difference between ad strategy and marketing strategy? Yeah, absolutely. This is a big misconception for a lot of business owners. This happens a lot. Um, the big misconception is, hey, uh, do you have a marketing strategy? Yeah. Do you have a 
do you have a branding strategy? Uh, I think so. Isn't that a marketing strategy? Do you have an ad strategy? Well, yeah, I already said, yeah, of course I said yes to that already. You know, so it's like, there's so many variations of how those words and terms are used. And so I do like, when I do a marketing workshop, I have a two-day marketing workshop where I help business owners understand the context, the content creation, developing relationships and building out some of those strategies. And so the first thing I like to do, I'll give you, this is, look, this two-day workshop is 4,997. So it's 5K, five grand, right? For two days. I'm going to give you like, a $500 piece of this workshop right now. I'm just going to lay it out. Only for Jared's listeners and viewers, I'm going to give you a little snippet of how to orchestrate this, okay? Get out your pens. We're going to do this together, okay? I got my 10X book right here. Got my 10X book. We're going to do this together. At the top of your marketing strategy, this this might be backwards. I don't know. Marketing strategy. Uh, yeah. That's your marketing strategy. Okay. That's at the very top. That's 40,000 feet. Now inside your marketing strategy, you've got things like strategic tools. That's where your data informs your strategy, your strategic tools are your CRMs, your automations, your workflows, your segmentations, your audience, your targets, all of those things, value propositions, all of them. There's so many, you have to come to a workshop. If you want to learn that, I'm not giving that away, Okay. okay but they all sit up here. You cannot create an ad strategy without a marketing strategy, and you cannot create a branding strategy. It's BS if you think you can create a branding strategy without your MS. So that marketing strategy informs the branding strategy. The branding strategy informs the ad strategy. Marketing strategy, brand strategy, ad strategy. Marketing strategy means that you have a clear blueprint of exactly where you're at today and where you want to go tomorrow. That you have a very clear process in place, all being fed by data into strategy, strategy into content creation. Your brand, everyone thinks your brand, like, yeah, I have a brand strategy. I've got a great logo. I've got a website. My brand is, you know, my brand is all about what I am all about. My purpose is my brand. You know, like people think they know branding. Yeah. Majority of business owners think branding is visual. hundred percent. A logo, a color scheme. Logo, color it's, scheme. That's my is really everything. Yeah. Branding, when I talk about branding, it's feeling. It's the way a consumer feels after they experience you anywhere. So that could be, you're not wrong. That could be the way they look at you. It could be the way right. they see you. And they say, oh man, that iPhone is... Oh, that looks, whoo, that brand looks good. I want to buy that. It could be, but then they touch it and they say, oh man, it fits right in my hand and it's easy to talk. Like now they got a texture to it. So like, that's part of the brand, right? Think about when you opened your iPhone and you peeled off that piece of cellophane. What is that feeling you got? That's a brand, the feeling you have. That's the way the cellophane peels off. The way the box is airtight as you pull it, it goes like that, right? And that new iPhone sitting inside that we've all been there where you pulled that tight little lid off. Oh yeah. And you pull that cell. That's a brand. That's a brand. That's not just the way it looks. That's the way it feels. Yeah. Right. Then think about the person in the blue shirt in the front. When you said, I don't really know how to sync my contacts. And they said, go to the person in the back in a black shirt and they're going to help you do that. Cause they're a genius. Okay. Now the way that the, the experience that you had with the employee is part of your brand. Now you've got branding with an experience with an employee. You know, now you've got uh, you've got 
customer service is part of your brand, yeah. you know, and, and, and so it's uh, branding is across all gamuts, digital, traditional process, touch points. It's how the consumer feels. Now, ad strategy is tactic. That's it's it. a go to market tactic, go to market tactic. It's now you got the brand. Now you understand the marketing strategy. You got the brand. And now what are we going to do with it? Well, we're going to yeah. do this. We're going to take it and we're going to go here, 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 here. And we're going to implement here. Those are all ad strategies. 90% of business owners, maybe even 92% of business owners play in ad strategy all day. And they believe it's marketing strategy. They believe they're playing in their marketing strategy. But they're really tactically in ad strategy. So if you listen to anything, build appropriately. Put the data first in a marketing strategy, then build brand, then from brand, you build ads. You have to have it in those order. And I would be happy to help anyone. The way I like to be connected with Jared is I'm an Instagram nut. So like anyone that wants like, hey, I want to learn more from this guy. I want some added value. I want to ask him a couple other questions. Just follow me on Instagram at about buck. And I'm happy to strike a conversation up. I won't even charge you. There's no monetization on the Instagram. I'm just going to DM you and you DM me. That's awesome. So we were talking, you know, obviously a lot about branding, but um, I really feel like a lot of branding is being built on social media. So what do you tell your businesses that you work with about the importance of listening to what their consumers are saying on social? Yeah. So um, social listening's something that's, that's an absolute must. Um, Understanding your consumer is key. Having that data Having that data is important because we talk about business in cycles. There's flow, conversion, and retention. Those are the three cycles of business. You cannot create scalability in your business if you do not have retention. You cannot create retention if you're not listening to your audience, if you're not listening to potential clients or current clients. So you have to have a a, a feeding system, input in, input out. I always say, Never send anything out without having data that's put back in. So we never execute. If if you're scanning a QR code, if you're opening up your camera and you scan a QR code, if it's one of my QR codes, I'm collecting when you scanned it, what you scanned, where you were at, your geolocation when you scan it, how many times you scanned it, what did you click after you scanned it. I am always collecting data. I'm listening. I'm listening, you know. So like I know our QR codes on average, they're about 75% conversion in any room. If I hold up a QR code in a room, I can get usually around 75% of a room to convert. So that data tells me what the engagement in a room is. And I can then predict what a pipeline might look like and what a conversion rate might look like off a QR code. Mm -hmm. So that's listening. Listening isn't just Google reviews, right? Listening is to all aspects of your KPIs. So that's always key. So let me ask you a question. Because I I know that you're in radio, you have a huge following. But what do you tell your businesses about building an online community? Like, how how do you talk to your, your businesses about building those online relationships to scale? Yeah, it's a good question, Jared. Uh, you know, listen, I'm not going to give away the whole workshop here. I know Jared's I'm trying. trying. To, I'm trying to get you guys some. Value. He's trying to bring so much damn value to you guys. You right. should respect Jared. You should follow him wherever he's at. You should subscribe to all. If you're listening to this and you haven't subscribed, 
you got to be like, man, this dude, he is, he is one of the people he is out for us. He is trying to bring the value. So I would subscribe to Jared immediately, but um, you know, the way we view building communities for businesses is really simple. And it sounds simple until you have to apply yourself to actually do it. And the way we do that is we talk about the three P's of scaling business. Do you know these, Jared? I don't. The three P's to scaling business. The first P is in my domain. It's called promote. Grant Cardone, Brandon Dawson talk about this often. Promote, promote, promote. So many people want to build a business and they think to scale it, all I need is more people. Yeah. We've heard that before, right? It's like, right. well, you got to replicate yourself and hire more people to do the things that you're doing so you can step out of working in the business and work on the business. Yeah. Like you've heard this a million times, right? Right. Like the truth is you will collapse a horrible architect if you hire people without understanding the first P, which is promote, how to promote, not just what you have or what you do, but who you are and why you do it and who you do it with is going to be more important than what you do. Write that down. Yeah. Why you do what you do is way more important than what you do. Who you do it with is way more important than what you do. You really have to promote constantly, consistently on every platform. Grant, Grant Cardone talks about omnipresence. Constantly promoting. So building that community is essentially your version of creating trust with a group of people. The community, really, a community really is centered around trust. Yeah. You gotta under you gotta understand trust. And so in order to do that, consistency builds trust. If you get on today, and I urge each one of you right now to actually create content while you're watching this with Jared. If you're watching this or you're listening to this. I want you to pull out your phone, get on Instagram. That's my platform. I like that platform. So we're going to do this. Let's get on my platform, get on Instagram and create a piece of content, promote right now that you're furthering your education, listening to this Jared and Buck guy talk about marketing right now. And I want you to promote that. And then I want you to do it again. And I want you to do it again. And I want you to do it again. I want you to learn the muscle memory of doing that over and over. Now, once you do that, you're going to get the second P, which is profit. You're going to create a profit. One day, somebody's going to go, hey, I see that dude. I see that lady every day talking about this and talking about that and talking about this. They'll earn a, they'll earn a little bit of trust because they see you yeah. do it every day. And so eventually they're going to go, hey, I saw that thing you talked about. I'm more interested in that. Can you tell me more? And then before you know it, you've closed a million dollar deal. Right. You've closed a $10,000 deal. You've closed a $1,000 deal. Whatever that deal is, you've closed it, right? Like, and you're going to go, wow. You're going to go, that worked. Those guys, that, that dude wasn't lying. Like, oh. the consistency paid off. And what you're going to do is you're going to document the process. So it's promote, profit, process. Those are the three P's. Understanding those is how you scale any business and build a community. Now, once you've mastered how to promote, create the profit, and then build a process. Once you've created the process of like, that's what I did. This is how it worked. Then I created the profit. Now, here's the process step by step by step by step by step. Then guess what you do? There is a multiplier P. The multiplier P is people. Now you add people because you've documented the exact process 
of how to create the profit via promotion. So that's how you build a community. The key is this though, Jared, too many owners are like, that sounds great. You guys were in TV and radio. Screw you. I'm not getting on this thing. I don't look, I've got a face for radio. I'm not talking. I'm not comfortable. I'm uncomfortable. Uh, My cousin will do it. I'll just get my cousin to do it. A direct reflection of the success and the scalability of your organization is on your ability to create content. The accountability and you as the owner is the only way to create scalability. You must lead by example. No one in my organization would do anything that I wouldn't be willing to do first. And so you've got to get over whatever that insecurity is. I would rather you jump in the pool like a cannonball then show me the perfect breaststroke across Instagram and Facebook or YouTube. Couldn't have said it better. That's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, applaud this guy because that's a ton of value. That's fantastic. So a part of this, like I know that you've worked with some obviously iconic brands, right? You talked about Google, you talked about Starbucks, you talked about Nike. What makes those brands stand out among the boys? Yeah, they've got, they understand the the core value, the competitive differentiator, the attributes of what they say, how they think, how the consumer feels. Um, They've got their brand pillars in place. These these organizations have scaled to millions and billions of dollars because they have very clear processes in place. There's no mistaking a brand like Nike. You know, Nike is a very crystal clear on who they are and why they exist. Most brands, most business owners that are listening to this right now, they think they know their purpose. And then I ask an employee in your office and they give me a different purpose. And then I ask your mom who knows you really well and she gives a different purpose or says, I don't really know. I've never discussed the purpose. I just know, you know, she or he has X company and they do this thing. They know what you do, but they don't really know why you do it or how you do it and how it affects the consumer when you do it. So a lot of people think, you know, Nike is an athletics company, but they're not. They're not an athletics company. Yeah, they sell merchandise, but their purpose, the big idea of why someone like Nike exists is to inspire and innovate for every athlete in the world. That's their positioner is to inspire and innovate to every athlete in the world. And if you think of the differentiator of like, well, who's an athlete? Is Jared an athlete? Is Buck an athlete? They believe their positioner in the world is that if you have a body, you are an athlete. So they believe in the power of any people in any part of the world. They believe in your ability to understand that you can do and be more than you think you are right now. They share a lot of sentiment from Grant. The reason Grant Cardone is so so impactful in people's life is because he believes in your ability to 10X and be bigger and go bigger. Absolutely. You know, so they share a lot of those core values. But, you know, until you truly understand that brand positioning for yourself, you can never grow to a corporate enterprise million dollar company. You're never going to make it to you know, hundreds of employees and millions and millions of dollars. Now you hit different challenges as you grow, you know, Starbucks hits their own set of challenges. You know, they've got partners. That's what they call their baristas. And so as they grow, they've got partner programs that they put in place, internal communications that are inspiring for their own employees. And, you know, they hit their own breakpoints. They grow and they grow and they grow. And, but they, you know, and the consumers keep feeding 
that organization. But while I was there, I watched numbers dip because of drive time, morning time coffee, and then it dipped because people weren't drinking coffee in the afternoon or evening. So what did we do? We created, you know, CPG snacks. So consumer packaged goods snacks. So now you can go in and get hummus and carrots. You can go in and get, you know, bakery items. You know, when I worked with them, they had just started a new partnership with the baker, uh, the bakers out of San Francisco that like those chocolate croissants didn't really exist yet. You know, they were so focused on their one thing, but they knew they needed to drive sales and different occasions of purchases. And so, you know, the, the, every organization is going to continue to hit breakpoints, and then you just have to continue to innovate and create processes around how it worked and what areas you're moving into. And the only way you can do that is through data. They knew exactly right. what their opportunity was because they have the data, and that data informs the strategy, which informs the consumer experience. Is that something that you drill down on whenever somebody comes to you and say, hey, Buck, I need some help? Listen, I, I, I can't really figure yeah. things out. Yeah. Do you down on their why? Um, depends on which cycle you're in. Depends on what breakpoint you're in as a business. The yeah. first place I start is, let's look at mine. Let me call me out, ready? I'm going to call me out right now. Okay. Let's see. I'm not, I'm not perfect, but let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six. Six pieces of content. That's light for me today. I've done, I've done six of these right? That's light for me. Uh, how many have you done, Jared? Uh, as far as content today? Yeah. Uh, for the business or for? Either. Both. Okay. Um, so uh, video production shoot today, earlier, uh, this right now. Um, I posted- How some- much live content? Have you like shared that you were going to do this with me in a minute? Did you, have yeah. you, like, how much live content have you created? Not a whole lot of live content. So that's where I start. So that's where I start. Like, like, like we could get deep on your brand and and a business owners always want to go like, let's get into the nitty gritty. And I'm like, wait, the first P is promote, promote, promote every day. Muscle memory. Why do we do that? Why do we do that? Right. Because Jared, while I champion you on content creation, what we call what we call uh, campaign content, a very structured, organized, you emailed my assistant, we created an interview, it's campaign content. Right. You're crushing it. Where you're lacking is the evergreen, on the fly, live daily content to connect and build a community. Because campaign content is authority. Yeah. This content that you're creating with me right now is authority content, but it's not community-driven content because they don't really know you. This is structured content. So like the first place I start is the promote, 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 promote. Like where's the accountability? Like Jared, who on your Instagram, how many people follow you on Instagram right now, Jared? Uh, you know, Instagram is not really one of my strong. Hey, Facebook, Facebook, how many? Facebook, we're looking at probably 2,500 to 2,800, somewhere in there. Okay, so almost 3K, almost 3K follow you today. They're there. They're there today. They're actively logging in. Someone on their lunch break today scrolled like this, went like this. Where was Jared? Jared was not there today. He was not there, right? Like you didn't do any live updates. You didn't do, they didn't get to see that you were going to about that. You weren't teasing that you were going to talk to me later. And, you know, like Grant is on every hour, just continuing to build that community. Like we can't dissect your brand if we can't execute the basics flawlessly first. Like before we get deep on dissecting somebody's brand, which is always an opportunity, it's always an opportunity to do that. I always take owners back to 
let's execute the basics. Let's get the muscle memory down. Let's hold ourselves accountable. Let's put the goals in place and let's promote, promote, promote. Because, you know, a lot of times owners will think about the promotion as like, yeah, so like, let's just use you as an example. You might say, yeah, I could do that. But like my, my customers are not even really on Facebook. So I don't even know if I would do that. And then I remind people, you're not just promoting for transaction. We want to be, Brandon Dawson says this, right. we're trying to be transformational and build relationships, right? So like, Jared, what about the guy or girl that's going to buy your company in three years, right? What if he or she was on there today and in this, you missed, they right. didn't see you do that one thing where they liked or followed you because your friend shared it and they missed you. The VC that was going to invest another million into your business was on there today. The technology vendor that you needed to partner with was on there today and you didn't promote today. They missed you. You missed them. You missed the opportunity. As you grow your company, Jared, as you scale your company, that freaking ace in the hole employee that was going to be a senior leader in your organization was on Facebook today and you were not because we were building this, which is great. And we're going to use this. This is going to build authority. But you know what I mean? So like, that's where I start first. It's like, let's just get, let's get the realization of your personal accountability to being a promoter and at your, you can't have ambassadors for your company or brand. You can't grow that organically or through, or through earned media. If you, the owner, are not responsible enough to do it yourself first, if you cannot master that first P, we're never going to master the second P of, uh, P of building profit, and then we'll never have a process of how to actually do it. So um, that's where I typically start with most owners, and they're hesitant. They say, yeah, but I just want to know what's the best Facebook ad, Buck. And I'm like, promote, and then we'll talk Facebook ads. I'm not going to get you on Facebook ads because it's not going to work. You know, Brandon asked me when we first met, what's the best advice you could give any small or medium-sized business owner? And I said, if your operations are not sound, if you are technically, as a business, not set up with the right foundation infrastructures and strategies, there is nothing, there's no amount of money, there is no creativity, there's nothing I'm going to create for you that's going to create success in your business. Because the minute that experience takes place with your consumer, you'll never have retention. You'll never have, they may not convert at all. And if they do, you'd be lucky if they ever came back. And so I don't want to waste time with, remember, marketing, branding, ads. I'm not going to waste time giving you technique in the ad space if you're never going to put in the right data to build the right strategy, to build the right brand experience so that consumers will continue to trust, convert, and retain. And so that's typically my advice for most owners. It's, and, and, you know, I think everyone's looking, we live in a fast paced world. The average user on Instagram is two seconds on any one asset. One, two, one, two, one, two. We want information fast, speed to market. How quickly can we solve a problem? Owners don't want to hear that they got to put in a little bit of sweat equity into what they're building in order to create a successful marketing strategy. They always just want, let's just give me the ad. Give me the one solution, you know? Absolutely. So I got I got one more question for you. Yeah, hit me, man. Let's do it. Let's go out with a bang. I think this is pretty cool. Where is Cardone Ventures trying to innovate this year? Where are you trying to innovate in 2021? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's a great question. 
that our innovation is centered around helping businesses scale. So whatever we can do to help our clients have better personal, professional, and financial goals in their life, that is where the innovation goes. And so we have a lot of amazing, exciting projects and campaigns coming up. We have a lot of amazing educational content. We've got live in-person events. We continue to innovate there. We study the data. You know, Jared, you asked me the question about listening to a community. We listen intensely to our clients. And they all said, this is great. All this information is amazing to help us grow and scale our business. Yeah. But how do we exit? How do we exit? the Like once we scale to 10 to 100 to $200 million, what is the blueprint of exiting a business look like? So we created in a whole, we talk about innovation. We created a, a whole campaign around how to exit your business before you ever even started. So startups should be thinking. So we partner with Sharon Lecter. Do you know who Sharon Lecter is? I do not. Okay, so read the books, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Cashflow Quadrant, Three Feet from Gold. That's Sharon Lecter. She wrote those business books. Okay, so Sharon Lecter partnered with us to help businesses create these exit strategies. She often says, before you get married, you need to write out your divorce before you get married. So that's business exiting. If you're in a startup phase, you're like, I don't need an exit plan. I haven't even started. You need an exit plan. Otherwise, You're not using Google Maps to get to your destination. Instead, you're driving in circles, wishing you knew where the exit was. Yeah. So that's one of the big innovations we're proud of this coming weekend in Florida. I don't know when people will be listening to this if you're catching this, um, but we we have a big mastermind, exit mastermind with Brandon Dawson, Grant Cardone, Sharon Lecter in Miami. Uh, And if if this is post that mastermind, you're listening to this a year later, we always have innovative events. I urge you to check out cardoventures.com slash events, cardoventures.com slash events. Is that the best way for people to find out what you guys have to offer? Yeah, 100%. If you're looking for live in-person events, that's the best way. Just go to cardoventures.com slash events. But look, I'm not into like just transacting someone on an event that we have. Mm-hmm. I am into building relationships. I would much rather prefer somebody say, hey, I heard that interview with Jared. I'd love to get to know you. DM me on Instagram and let's talk about what you're building, why you're building it and what challenges you're having. And I'd love to be an advocate, a resource, an ambassador for your brand and help you build that. Very cool. Last minute words. You got anything last minute? No, just, you know, make sure that you make sure that you've got the accountability to 10x your own life. So, you know, uh, don't look for shortcuts. Uh, Do what's required of you and If you haven't read the 10X rule, read that. If you haven't read the emergency business response, this is for businesses that are going through crises or emergencies that they don't know how to solve. You can go to cardoneventures.com slash emergency, cardoneventures.com slash emergency, and download a free book that Brandon Dawson wrote on how to protect and scale a business out of any crisis. So if you're still feeling the effects If you're listening to this a year later and they're still talking about COVID and it's still affecting your business, cardoneventures.com slash emergency, download that book. That's going to be a great resource. I'm here to bring more value. I know, Jared, that's what you focus on with this program. So I appreciate you having me on, my friend. No, I appreciate the value that you brought to today's chat because, I mean, honestly, you probably saved some people some money and hopefully got some more people interested in talking to you, man. Yeah, more than anything, I hope I inspired somebody to like realize their potential. Like, hey, 
I don't know what I don't know. I'm really good at this one thing and I've created just a little bit of success doing it. And I want, like, I'm not in the business of trying to push you further. I'll let Grant and Brandon do that. I'm in the business of telling you it exists, it can happen. And if you're willing to take that step and that lunge, I'm here, I will be here for you. If you're like, no, nah, man, I don't need more in my life. I don't like money. I'm not going to motivate you. That's not my job. My job is once you've made the decision that you want more, I hope I've inspired you to reach out to me so that we can create bigger success, wealth, and create that legacy that Jared's creating right now. That's what I really want for your listeners. Appreciate you. I appreciate you. Thanks so much for the time, Buck. If you enjoyed this episode of the podcast, please support it. Share it with uh everybody else. And to catch the latest from me, you can follow the Digital Foundry on Facebook, YouTube, or any other number of platforms. Thanks again, Buck. We really appreciate the time and we will see you next time. Appreciate you guys. Thanks so much, Jared. Thank you, buddy. Thanks, Buck.